Hey everybody and welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast. Uh, my name is Aid and this is show number 281. Um, and I am with my good buddy and co-host Graham. How are you doing, mate? I'm doing very well, Aid. Just you and me again. Good old days back in 20. 16, 17, 16, when did we start I this? I think, yes, a long time ago. A long, yeah, so long time ago when we were younger. I mean, we weren't we were even young then, but younger. We was, yeah, was it, was it the Travelling Wilburys? Long time ago when we was fab. Was that the Travelling Wilburys? Do I, I, I'm not old enough to know the answer to that, you old no. fart. <laughs> yes, you are. Um, uh, so, yes, indeed. Well, we, um, yeah, it is just the two of us, uh, which is a shame, but... You know, these things happen. Uh, actually, to be fair, um, last year, the rest of us just last year, sorry, last week, the rest of us just left you to it. Didn't <laughs> yeah. um, I have to say, actually, that's a really good point to, to open the show. I have to say, I only I only got the chance to listen uh, to last week's uh, show on on rep, uh, represent. Um, uh, we you know, I only got the chance to listen to that last night and this morning. And I have to say, awesome podcast, mate. Really well done. And um, you 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 professionally handled that and the conversation was brilliant and we got to hear from all the guests and all the things that they needed to say and what they said was good right yeah, yeah let's, let's be and i think you said it yourself in the podcast let's not be in any doubt here right is that is that uh, women and people from minority groups are horrendously underrepresented and, and let's not have that debate about whether or not it's a thing it's a thing, right? Uh, and I was really glad that you banked that early on in the conversation <laughs> and moved forward because because you're absolutely right, of course, right? And then what happened is that we got to hear from all the guests, which I thought was brilliant. Anyway, really enjoyed it. I hope everybody else did too. Yeah, thank you, dude. Yeah, well, you know, it's like surround yourself with awesome people. You're going to have awesome conversations. It's, uh, it's just a solid <laughs> trick to go with. That's the one I've been playing That's... this entire time. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, fair enough, but... Um, you know, credit to you too, because I think you you ran a tight ship. I mean, it was one that had potential to, <laughs> to get a little chaotic. Um, I, I was a little concerned in the run to it. Um, we should actually, in in sort of uh, on that theme of our, our fantastic female co-host, we should say that um, uh, Claire is currently off in Norway, isn't she? Yes, perf- performance arting in terms of I think I she, know. Is, she, is it performance is it dance and i'm not entirely sure i cannot wait to see the video i mean (laughs) it sounds like it's gonna be sounds like it's gonna be the only thing we know as a solid fact is that so far she's managed to spend 165 pounds on a pair of knickers and a pair of tights which only claire could manage i think that's quite expensive even for norway (laughs) isn't it yeah she had to haggle um and and rachel by (laughs) contrast is just dealing with the child being sick everywhere. There's gastroenteritis in the Brewster Wright household. And I don't think it's a real good time. So um, thoughts and prayers with both of them this week. Absolutely, yes. I hope Claire um, enjoys her shows. Uh, I hope the audience enjoy her shows. And I hope she gets home safe. And I hope, yes, I hope Rachel and family um, recover quickly because that's horrible when babies are sick. Yeah, and also husbands. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, when, when the parents are sick at the same time. <laughs> terrible. Any, terrible, terrible, terrible. But all of which means that it's just you and I tonight and yeah. no guests. So we just get to chat. The A-team, we've up. pared it down to the core element of awesomeness. We've got rid of all the craft. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> Focused in. 
<laughs> just just for the record, that was Graham saying that, right? That was not me. I'm reading I'm reading from the script that Aid wrote earlier. <laughs> yeah, it was my resignation <laughs> Mike drop and we're out. Yeah. Shortest podcast ever. Shortest Sunny 16 ever, anyway, by about mm. a million miles. Okay, so well, we've got a, a chatty show, haven't we, really, today? We've got announcements to cover, a few conversations to have, you know, that sort of stuff. Yeah, what, what have you been up to? Well, so we were chatting before, obviously, and it has just entered my busiest time of the year. <laughs> so I've mostly been feeling really, really tired. Um, and the evenings, which are normally the time when I try and do stuff, I've just been too shattered. So, But I have still want to try and do something and um and we've got our theme of the month blue so i think i mentioned when we first started talking about this that the idea of doing cyanotypes was kind of in my head and it's been real basic stuff but for christmas Sinead bought me this pack of um pre-coated cyanotype paper and it's like okay and i thought well this stuff isn't amazing but i've got it and i want to use it so i've just i just threw it in the van and i've just been when I remember, and when the word's been good, just been making some contact prints, um, contact, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know what I mean? Just sticking bits of plants on bits of paper and making yes. prints like that. Um, so I've been doing a bit of that. Uh, so that's going to be as close to get, although ironically, um, this this paper is all coloured paper. So although it's also anotype, <laughs> very little of it is blue because it's like pink paper, green paper, whatever. So it's, oh, okay. Um, it's, in some ways, it's... It's making me try and get better at making cyanotypes because a lot of cyanotypes that I make are just really crap. Um, so I'm trying to work at making better ones, even with just these really simple prints. Um, I've also, I there was um, when we were clearing out the dark shed, there was loads of paper. We sold loads of um, darkroom paper, unsurprisingly, from John's shed, and we also sold quite a lot of color darkroom paper. And we also gave away some color darkroom paper because we had some left at the end, some sheets. And there was one box of um, paper labeled "knackered" <laughs> because I think it had been partially exposed <laughs> to the light. It's like, well, I sure must be able to do something with that. And that is another thing I've been trying to figure out this week: is what to do with this partially pre-exposed or fogged colour paper. Now, I'm not going to make colour prints in my darkroom. I'm just not going to. I don't I don't have the energy, enthusiasm, wherewithals for it. I, at some point, I've got... Um, Dave Walker has been doing that, and he's he has recorded this stuff to make a podcast, and I need to nail that together and put it out on Sunday 16 Presents, but I know that's not for me. So I thought I could maybe use that to make some lumen prints. Again, put stuff on it, put it outside in the sun, and make these um, pictures like that. But it doesn't work with this stuff. Um, no matter how long you leave it outside, you take it out and it's blue, hence being part of the blue challenge. But you put it outside, leave some ink on it and uh, to make a photogram and it's nothing happens. So that's out. So what I've started doing with that was experimenting, well, can I do chemigrams? Have you heard of these, Aid? Uh, I'm not sure that I have, no. Basically, this is where um, you put apply different chemicals onto the paper and see how it reacts and get different, you know, very abstract, splotchy mess. So I, okay. I've All experimented right. a bit with that, and in theory, at least, the idea works. Um, now I just need to use it to make something that looks less like a dog's vomited on it, more um, thoughtful process. But, yeah, I got in touch because I was looking through 
the um, book that Mike Crawford uh, put together. I don't know if you remember this, the um, obsolete and discontinued book where... Uh, yeah, I have a copy of yeah, it. Um, ex- absolutely, it's a great book. I think actually maybe on the cover of that, actually, there might be a chemogram. I can't remember. I was looking through it anyway. I got in touch with Mike and said, Mike, I've got this colour paper. You got any ideas? He's like, no, not really. Colour paper's a real nuisance. So <laughs> if anybody listening has any suggestions for what to do with colour paper other than trying to make colour prints, because I'm not going to do that, and I already know it's fog. So, um, but yeah, at the moment, I think chemograms are going to be the way forward with that. And uh, and the only other thing, again, on a tangential blue theme, because it is blue sensitive and the emotion, the um, base is blue, is X-ray film. I've been doing more stuff with that and um, getting better at figuring out a process with that. So, yeah, that's kept me busy, um, but mostly kind of not much actual taking of pictures lately because I've just not had the time or the energy. <laughs> Hopefully I will go. Uh, totally with you on that one. So uh, I, I've picked up, in, in the day job, I, I've picked up a rather intense project at the moment, which is uh, once I've done that, which is longer working hours than usual and devoted the remaining time and energy to my family. Um, I've had very little energy or brain space to think about photography for the last two, three weeks, um, which is okay. Right? Mm. Um, yeah, that's, that's, you know, these things happen, right? Like, yeah, you know, life gets in the way of, of all the best plans, doesn't it? So uh, it's not a complaint, um, but yeah, it does. It does make for a dull podcast, at least from my contribution point of view, you know, because I haven't really had a chance to address the whole blue theme yet uh, and, and things like that. Um, did have a, a very nice. Um, uh, overnight stay uh, down in Dorset last weekend um, uh, and, and had the chance to walk around in the sunshine on the beach and and uh, and you know walking from Lulworth Cove to Durdledore for those that know that stretch of the Dorset coast beautiful along there and uh, I took a few snapshots um, you know but but not uh, you know that that, that again was a, a time spent uh, time spent with my good lady wife um, who, uh, who we had a thoroughly enjoyable uh, couple of nights away and uh, it was yeah so that was about, about being present in the moment that definitely wasn't about it uh, getting up uh, or, or ignoring uh, yeah ignoring people and going out taking photographs I did I did have a thought that I would get up before sunrise and, and walk the mile along the cliffs to Durdle Door and take that classic <laughs> Durdle Door shot where the, with the sun coming through the archway, you know, as, which would which would happen you know, shortly after sunrise. Um, and the sun would have been in exactly the right spot and it was not a cloud in the sky that day. And I wasn't there. Of course I wasn't. I was in bed. <laughs> <laughs> I did have this mental image of, of, of pitching up with my little point and shoot camera, which was all I had with me and seeing like 50 photographers with tripods and big cameras and stuff like that. I don't know if that was true, um, but I know it is a spot that it is a favorite photography spot, especially that sunrise shot. Um, but uh, I, I didn't indulge. I, I, I stayed present in the spirit at the moment and, and didn't get up before dark, before dark, before dawn uh, and go and, uh, fall off a cliff in the dark on my way to take a photograph that everybody else has taken a million times already (laughs) it's terrible isn't it we get so good at talking ourselves out of taking pictures for all as you said like well this one's already been taken so many times and it'll be busy there and 
so I think there's it depends on who you are, right? So I finally feel, and and I don't know, I can't remember if we've discussed this or not, um, because it's really only just sort of a little niggle at the back of my brain. But I finally feel that after about what is it now, fifteen years or whatever of being actually into photography, maybe not quite fifteen years, um, I finally feel like I've got a I've got an idea of the sort of photographs I want to make. Mm. Um, like, uh, and uh, I'm getting a little bit excited inside myself because I feel like you know that whole thing that that that's such an elusive thing the the style what's mm-hmm. what's your style mm-hmm. and it's one of those things that you can't really chase down you know you can't really you can't really just decide you, it has to emerge through you know, pra- through practice right or and years and years of, of figuring out and trying things. And I'm starting to to think that perhaps I might be quite a graphical style of photographer, so I don't necessarily want to go and do uh, the, the 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 it's not a standard shot; it's a beautiful shot. The sun rising through Dirtledore is a beautiful shot to make, right? Um, and uh, but I, I'm not really sure that it it I don't really have any passion for making that shot. Yeah, if that makes mm-hmm. any sense. Um, I'm not sure how I would render that in 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 a, in a graphical style, which which I suppose is good reason to try, actually, isn't it? Rather, than, but I don't find that I have any yeah any massive energy or any passion to go chase down that particular shot. Yeah, um, uh, others have done it for one. Um, others have done it better than I could for another. So so we'll see. My, uh, um, and I did take a few snapshots around there of of you know the archway itself and and the bay that it's in and stuff like that so you know and, and try to do that in my own way um i quite like shooting you know high contrast high contrast light so i was quite happy to be there in the middle of the day right and you know and make use of the light that was there and available and the people on the beach at that point don't be having people in the scene was nice and stuff yeah like that. so so i think sometimes you know I, I know that a lot of travel photographers say you should when you when you get somewhere when you arrive somewhere you should go and do the shots right the obvious ones and get them out of your system and then you know get get that that trigger happy just arrived phase out of your system take the cliched shots so you've got them banked and then you've got your brain that's got the space then to move on right and consider the things that you want to do in that place and i think there's a lot to be said for that um uh it really competes though with my complete innate laziness and i'm like yeah can we just say that i've done that and move mm. on straight away yeah <laughs> yeah like, we all pretend or just you know acknowledge that you know that that laziness trumps running around a city or a, or a, a, an area of the countryside and taking the cliched shots just assume that i've done that and move on yeah <laughs> no i'm 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 with you on that i mean i, I know that i you know you go to places i think it's particularly true with landscape photography if you go away on holiday somewhere like you know i remember being up in north wales a few years ago and um and you know there's lots of beautiful places to go and take pictures but i'm never going to take pictures that can compare with the local photographers who know the area who are there all year round and who are getting up when and are just taking amazing pictures and honestly if i want to put something on my wall to remember that i'd probably rather buy something that was done by somebody who's done an amazing job than something that i've kind of gone well i'm here now this is as good as it's going to get um i on the sort of subject of knowing what you like and finding your style i finally sat down and read through or looked through a book that i got given i think it was the christmas before last um by sinead it was um a book called a lifetime of looking um 
uh, and it's the work of Jane Bowne. Um, I'm not sure. Are you familiar with her? It's amazing. No, her photography not, no. is fantastic. Um, really, really beautiful stuff. She was a photographer for The Observer for, got I think, from the 1950s until... 2000 and something like she wow, was still fine. taking pictures into her 80s um, wow. and just amazing just like quiet getting on with it and but beautiful work and portraits but just but yeah that's you know her style was really consistent throughout and, and seeing her work in, and also just the fact that she and i think you'd appreciate this like a large part of her research was to simplify everything simplify the process she's only using like she was using uh her roller cord to begin with and then mostly just her om1 after that one shift to 35 mil and not loads of cameras didn't muck around doing fancy darkroom stuff she printed all the stuff but she wasn't trying to do anything crazy with it she wasn't doing anything crazy with um special effects or anything she's like no just want to capture beautiful pictures and it's her work is really well worth checking out it's really oh, lovely okay. stuff but yeah that certainly inspired me to <laughs> it inspired me to think huh maybe i should get rid of all of my cameras apart from two cameras and i'm like no it's never gonna happen <laughs> which would you keep you would you keep you'd keep your om no yeah you? absolutely now that's never going anywhere now that i've seen that <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, yeah that but you'd keep you'd have kept that anyway that would that that yeah you know, you love how many actually you've got more than one om haven't you i've got an om1 no. and an om10 yeah yeah i thought so yeah yeah, yeah. yes cracking cameras so, yeah yeah in fact i think my om1 actually is in a bag in the van at the moment because it is loaded up with film and um it's been really nice getting out with that again thinking, oh this is so it's so small it's so compact it's so nice mm. to use um that's a real treat it's the only problem i've got at the moment in the, in the van at the moment i have got uh, the OM1, um, my Yashica 635 TLR, and um, my Zeiss Super Iconta. And here we are in peak spring springiness with daffodils and blossom everywhere. And every one of those cameras has got black and white film in it. <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't didn't plan that very carefully. But well, luckily, you've got like a whole cupboard full of other cameras that is so, true that so is true all you need to do is pop a roll of film into a, a different camera i should why. you know what you're right i should in fact i think i might i might grab my something like my canon eos 30 and stick some slide film in there i haven't shot That's any slides like, from like a good plan get some ectochrome in there i know i've got a couple of rolls of ectochrome i might get some ectochrome in and try and get some blossom shots i know it's mad cliche but you know what Again, it's something I can do at work. It's available. And it it's... always takes me back, though, to when you and I first met. And, and at that time, you, 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 that's what that's mm -hmm. what you did. You yeah. posted flat pictures of flowers online, yeah. Uh, yeah, which was great. Yeah, that, that's, that was one of the things. That and the gaming photography, the in-game photography, was kind of the stuff that got you kicked off, wasn't it? Kind of got you mm -hmm. started. Yeah, absolutely. So, so whenever you come back to it, I know you always come back to it like every couple of years or so. You go, oh, yeah, I'm going to take some flower photographs. Yeah. But you see, the thing is, the difference, right, in those days. So this is this is your maturity curve, right? Uh, uh, um the, the, in those days, you'd be you, you'd be little snapshots, lovely snapshots, but little snapshots with whatever mobile phone you happen to have with you at the time mm -hmm. quite often. 
now nowadays you know you you're doing some of the stuff of yours that i really do like is the still lives you do the large format still mm. life stuff which is much more thought through obviously um you know and uh, and you know nicely executed and things like that so you know i i still you know I, I the still life scenes that you do i really like i'm sure i have somewhere so i know I'm, I'm not sure i i absolutely know i have somewhere um the very first ronald postcard that you sent <laughs> yes. to me which was a still life i think if i remember rightly it was of a water jug or something like mm. that on a table yeah um when you, on... when you first got ronald your first large format camera and and it was exposed on a on a, a paper card thing yeah Whatever direct from that ilford direct positive paper that's right yeah yeah and you wrote a little message on the back and sent it to me in the post I was like, <laughs> it's, it's somewhere i know I, I can think where it is it'll be it, it, it'll it's be in not archive. framed and surrounded by lights <laughs> up lit um, side no but i do have i do have just to, uh, in sight um i do have a cyanotype print uh, of a photograph of me you and rachel at the photography show yeah. a couple of years ago so so we are you know the you know, I, I do treat these things seriously when people um you know people send us stuff sometimes occasionally don't they in the post mm-hmm. and things like that sometimes books sometimes dark prints they've made and they're all dotted around my house right so yeah i really do appreciate that i love i love getting those sorts of things it's always a real treat couldn't agree more couldn't agree more should we get on to some of the stuff? Because, I mean, we're, we're never the first with the news these days, but should we get on to some of the recent goings-on that's been happening on the news front? Because it's been quite a busy month, hasn't it? Absolutely. March yes, madness. M- 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 March madness. <laughs> yeah, if you say so. It is just still the end of March as we speak. Right? Yeah. The very, very end of March. There's like two hours of March left. Yeah, yeah. 31st of March, my dad's birthday, except he's dead, so it's not. But imagine if he wasn't, it would be his birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday, Dad. Hang on, I need to talk a bit louder. He's dead. Happy birthday! <laughs> no idea how to react to that, so we'll just move, ignore it and move on, shall we? Um, so, uh, yeah, so, well, uh, first one up, uh, first one on the list, uh, Kodak Gold in 120. Yeah. Now, that's an interesting thought. Yeah, that it's, came uh, out of nowhere, didn't it? It, it is, It's a bit, bit of a... Bit of a uh, I don't know. No, I wouldn't call it an eclectic decision, but uh, yeah, slightly, slightly unexpected. Um, partly because, um, you know, Kodak Gold is like always that. That's one of the ones that I remember as a kid, which is like, yeah, as long as you sent it away in the right envelope, you got your next roll of film for free. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so, um, and uh, yeah, it's it's right up there at the top of the consumer film tree. Yeah, <laughs> and of course uh, that that makes it a little bit slightly odd to me because of that long long ago memory that they might actually introduce a medium format version of it. But yeah. what do you yeah. make of that? No, I mean it's great. The thing is that Kodak, I, I don't know, I don't know when they this stopped being the case, but they used to be um, some of the consumer films in in 120 that was just a thing and you know as for as long as i've been shooting 120 as long as i've been shooting film the only films available have been um your portraits and your rectars your professional grade films and there hasn't been any consumer grade films i mean this is you know the distinction is a a bit silly but anyway let's go along with what these days isn't it yeah Yeah. um but that certainly wasn't always the case there were 
certainly in the 80s and I would guess you know up into the 90s as well um there were uh consumer grade films available in 120 I don't know if gold was the one but I know that I've certainly had expired rolls of film um that were uh, 120 so that's times. interesting so that that what you're pointing to there is actually this was just a gap in my childhood education right so mm. yeah there were a couple of keen photographers in my family my dad has always been a keen photographer i definitely on the the, the, the snap shooter side of it rather than uh, anything else but always keen. uh my granddad uh was um a very keen photographer but i don't think i ever saw either of them with a certainly not my dad and i don't think i ever saw my granddad with a, a medium format camera so may, maybe it's just a, a gap in my education perhaps well it's i mean it's one of the things to remember that certainly during the earlier half of the um last century like medium format was the cheap camera format for a lot you know the, yeah, the box brownies and stuff like that um a lot of those were very cheap consumer cameras uh, that needed film to be gone with it. And all right, that hasn't been the case since the 60s. That's when the last of the Kodak 620 cameras came out was in the 60s. But um, there were a lot of them around. And yeah, so and of it's, course, it's in been... the, late, the late 1920s, early 1930s, you saw the rise of um, the small format film, the, yeah. the 35 mil, um, uh, popularized by Oscar Barnack and Chums. And Chums, yeah, as it says on the... Um, <laughs> Is that what it says? Yeah, that... Oscar Barnack and Chums. Yeah, I think he had an entire ca- cartoon series based around him. Um, but, I mean, it's just, it's an all-round good thing, isn't it? Because... Um, is it 25%? It's supposed to be 25% cheaper than Portra and Ektar. Um, because that's... The film prices, and we're going to come to this in the story a bit yeah, later. It still on, makes but... it more expensive than Portrait Porta and Ektar were three years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. But at least it's, you know, it's something. I think, is it £45? If, you, if you're buying it from somewhere that isn't gouging you, uh, and obviously there are going to be plenty of places that will gouge you, but uh, I think it is um, £45 or $45 is the kind of list price for it. So, um, yeah, it's great. I mean, it's... it's you know, it's not cheap, but then this film just isn't cheap anymore, not in the way that it was, no, and absolutely. we just have to deal with that. You know, like it or lump it, you've got two choices. Um, but it's great that there is something that is cheaper out there now because it makes colour film especially has been just climbing beyond the reach of a lot of people, people like me included. You know, I've, I've certainly been, I think I've probably said this before on the podcast, looking at the pile of colour film that I've got left and thinking when it's gone it's gone um so yeah that's great that's a good one a lot of people it seem is, very excited is. i think all the initial stocks have instantly sold out of it <laughs> well you know we we live in a, a world currently don't we of, of global supply chain issues and things like that so <laughs> know, that's not particularly not particularly a surprise i suppose is a, but it's nice to have these things theoretically available it's like mm. that time i pl- tried to buy a playstation 5 and i think and i couldn't find one anywhere in the country it's like well all right well we'll just not bother with that then <laughs> bizarrely i think it's still much the same i haven't tried really. i know it's like when did the ps5 come out like three years ago no it's a year point? and a half now though it is a year and is a half okay. out, so yeah i know still i i didn't try to be honest i didn't try very hard to buy a ps5 but yeah but Anyway, that's not what this podcast... This is not a gaming podcast, <laughs> is it? Sorry. You can put the money we're going to spend on the PlayStation 5 towards buying some colour film. 
<laughs> How many roles do you think I'll get? <laughs> um, well, if you go for Ektar, I mean, you know, a decent chunk. Okay, all right, well, we'll see. Well, there we go. There was the first one. What's the second one? So the second one is Cinestill 400D. Uh, so these all dropped kind of in quick succession, um, mm. which was great. It made for a very exciting week. So Cinestill 400D is a new uh, film coming from Cinestill. This is not um, a currently available cine film from which they are removing Remjet. This is a film that they have worked with uh, their suppliers to create, as as the name would suggest, 400 ISO. Uh, the D stands for dynamic, the idea being that it is um, very amenable to being pushed and pulled a bit. So I think it says on uh, their um, page that you, know, you can push up to 3200 or pull it down. So it's got quite a lot of latitude on it. Um, and it's currently being um, crowdfunded on, I think it's called Craig starts. If you go to the Sydney Still film page, you'll find it there. Um, and it's going incredibly well. There's still 11 days left. Um, they've fully funded for doing 35 mil. They're fully funded for doing 120. And they are 95% of the way to securing the funding for doing 4 by 5 film as well. So this is great. Which I'm sure that they'll get there. interesting. Um, yes. So that, yeah, that's, that's just great. Um, they've shared some uh, pictures from it. Um, and because I think, again, I, I'm trying to remember from the article I read. I think it's sort of using similar technologies, film technologies, to the Sydney films, but it is a film that's been made specifically for still photography. Um, but looking at the pictures that they're sharing, it certainly has a look that I would say reminds me of the um, Vision Three films, which are the um, the films behind. Uh, the other cine still films in the Kodak, the Eastman um, cine films. It has a similar look to that colour-wise. Looks really nice, really pretty. Mm, yeah, it's it, it is. It's um, uh, there's a few things that that jump out at me about this. Um, I mean, one of them, it's great that they've got almost enough money to start, but doing the the large format uh, version. I think that's yeah, because quite a lot these days when we see things come out, you know, they come out thirty five mil first, and then you wait, you know, maybe a year or two, or or yeah, to get to get a one twenty version. Uh, but to get all the way through that and into large format in the first run would be brilliant. Mm -hmm. uh, second thing is, and I don't know if this is just me, but the D really confused me because normally, you know, D is for daylight and T is for tungsten, right? Yeah. <laughs> Am I just being a bit thick here? That like, because in this case, the 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 D is dynamic, but then it says on the on on the Cine Still yeah webpage, yeah, four hundred dynamic versatile color film for daylight so i'm still confused even having read the spread even having read the website i'm still a bit confused but um yeah it's uh it is definitely because you can see it on all the the uh the product photos they put out for the campaign and stuff like that it absolutely says 400 dynamic but uh, yeah yeah it is a little confusing as i said but particularly as Sydney is, is it or is it just me it's okay if you can say it's okay if you want to say it's just me and i should just read what it says on the box <laughs> No, no, no. I I agree with you, but I suppose also it it, it is a daylight balance film by the looks of it anyway, so it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Um, or, what is also impressive is that they've got uh, their um runtime on the thing, and it looks as though they're hoping to have early bird fulfillment next month. So the the campaign's happened in March. They they have clearly got stuff 
lined up and ready to go. Um, but yeah, early bird fulfillment in April, 400D production just in general in spring, and full backer fulfillment by summer. So that's that's great. Um, they've clearly got all their ducks in a row. I say this now. <laughs> We'll obviously wait till it turns up, but um... we have been here before, right? No, 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 uh, no naming because uh, uh, yeah, and shaming, but we have been here before. You and I have sat here and done podcasts and gone, oh, this is really exciting, and then five years later, you know. But hey, you know, hopefully this one will break. Yeah, we'll, I I think on. it will. There's no way that they're setting a um time because it's you know according to this thing again, research and development started in 2018. So this has been going a while, and yeah. Sydney still a they're a firmly established filmmaker now or film provider and now filmmaker. And another thing which I really like about this is that um as this is a new film that they are bringing to market, it means that it hopefully it gives them a level of autonomy. Because before it's like, well, you know, if Kodak suddenly stopped making cine film, cine still goes away <laughs> straight away because that's what their business there is. is. That. Um, there is that. So uh, it, it's great, really exciting. Um uh, so yeah, that's just really cool. Looks really nice, and I'm sure it'll be available to buy um, just if you aren't backing it later in the year. But if you are interested in this and you want to get in on the crowdfunding, then um, go to sydneystillfilm.com and you'll find it there. Um, and it looks really nice, really nice. Four hundred speed color film. Uh, another one joins the market. That's great. You're mentioning about um, Kickstarters, which happened a long, long time ago. Some of which may not happen. The, the other, the other new film announcement is um, kind of fills a gap that somebody else has not done quite so well filling. Right? Yes, good point. Yes, sorry, I, I, that was not a deliberate tie together, but actually, yeah. So let's talk about this because this is this is a really interesting one, and for me, this came out of nowhere mm. um, uh, as well. So this this is one that. Uh, Yes, uh, Mr. Hunt has been keeping under his cards close to his chest for the last few years, hasn't he? He has. So go on and aid. fill us in. Well, this is, uh, well, you can tell by the name, of course. Um, this is uh, the announcement of the Japan Camera Hunter Fugu Film 400, uh, an entirely new colour slide emulsion. Um, in glorious Technicolor packaging, I have to say as well. You know, it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely a step in a different direction from the packaging you get on uh, on the street pan. Although, having said this, I don't know. Uh, do you ever buy photography magazines? Um, uh, there's one that I buy occasionally, and I treated myself to a copy of, of the most recent one, which is black and white photography, which is which is uh, a, a photography magazine that focuses very much on photography and not on equipment and stuff like that. Um, but often you'll see uh, a full page advertisement for street pan. And it is literally a photograph of a frying pan on the street in a shaft of sunlight. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just a street pan. It's great. Perfect. Say, Hang on, I've got the magazine and this isn't going to work for audio, but I'm going to show it to you anyway. Because I'm sure there's a car. I'm sure there's but, uh, not, not quite inside the front cover, but it's in here somewhere. I will find it. No, it's on the back cover. Right? Can you can you see that? It's a sort of. I can see that. 
It's a very elegant you picture see that? of it a, is a pan. It's literally a frying pan in a shaft of sunlight on a street. And yeah. it just says in big writing across the top of the page, street pan. Can I also, can I also just say how nice it is? I mean, again, it's one of these things that you get street pan, full page advert, be- beautiful advert. Like, see, these little cottage industries <laughs> growing into, you know. It's all the, a bit the thing that gets me right is is that because c- we were very very fortunate to know a lot of these people, aren't we? Yeah, because we've been talking about film photography for for many years at, at this point, and yeah, we we do get to know these people, and I think that that for me is, I mean, it it is one of the best best things about doing a podcast, like. But and I've, I know I've said that a lot. But the fact that you know, yeah, yeah, okay. So so, and I won't say that. Actually, Bellamy, I don't know very well. Um, I may have spoken to him once or twice ever. I think. But the, the, there's still some level of connection, you know. That yeah, that that is you. Know, oh yeah, I know this guy. Yeah, he's doing really well. This is brilliant. And it's I, I feel like I want to celebrate for everybody. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. Every time I see that street pad advert in a, a magazine, I'm like, you know. Hey, I know him. It's brilliant. Well done. <laughs> yeah. So, I yeah, I I I love this sort of thing. Anyway, the Fugu film, right? So this is yeah. So uh, another new film announced, um, and I'll read from the Cosmo Photo website. Another good friend of ours. Um, the the film is a four hundred ISO color reversal thirty five millimeter film, and it's an entirely new emulsion, not a tweaked version of an existing film. So brilliant. Really yeah. well done. Yeah. And again, there's some sample pictures that we're looking at the um as you said, the, the article on Cosmophoto, there's some sample pictures on there. It has um the tones for me have quite a kind of retro feel to them. At least in the pictures shared. Maybe it's just, you know, where they were shot and the light there, but they have kind of a, a an old school feel to them in a way that I I, I quite like that. Um, Definitely pushing towards the greens and browns in yeah. the um, yeah, and and away from uh, not a lot of red in these shots, um, or, or the red is subdued. Let's say, I mean, the, the, yeah, the, the, uh, so uh, yeah, it's interesting. Although it does say on the website actually that um, some of these test shots are from a beta version of the film, so so yeah, um, may not be entirely true to what we get when we get the film, but. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that this, yeah, it's not finished. I mean, and that's the important thing to know that as yet, there's no release date or because the, the 120 is out now and gone. The, the Kodak Gold 120 is already available, except it's already sold out. <laughs> um, and the Sydney still is being crowdfunded and is going to be available soon. There's not a date on this yet, but they are hoping to be there soon. Uh, and as you said, this is a completely this can't be over this completely new emulsion from the ground up um being made by one of the european one of the eu filmmakers um and uh nothing at all to do with fuji despite the name sounding similar but um uh yeah it's great i, I do you remember at the beginning of the year when we were doing a predictions and i was going yeah we're going to get new color film and get new this and boy Boy, was I right. Boy, was I so, so right for all these things. No, I have no recollection of that at all, mate. <laughs> I've got Sorry. a recording of it. Don't worry, it's fine. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it, it's great. It's really nice to see this happening because Street Pan has become a very successful film. Um, but, again, it's it's lovely to see this big step up from what, what is essentially finding a film that was being used for a different purpose and then 
packaging it and making it available to film shooters, which is what um, Street Pan is, to actually from the ground up creating a new film, a 400 ISO slide film. Um, it's been a while since that's been because was it um there's nothing else available at the moment in that is there i i i i'm not aware of anything um but so but but that doesn't mean that there isn't a thing no, uh, there are many not... things in the world that i'm not aware of yeah but no, it, it, it is great no it's fa- fantastic yeah to to be able to to, to do a weekly show <laughs> Yeah, and cover the announcement of three new films is quite... It's uh, crazy. It is a good kind of crazy. It I is like a good it. crazy a good... crazy. Should we move on to the bad kind of crazy on the film front? Uh, well, yeah, let's, let's, yeah, yeah, yes, you can't win them all, can you? So so this... this um, I, I saw this first a couple of days ago and um, I was thinking, oh, I hope this is an April Fool's. <laughs> yeah, because we're recording this, right? It's the 31st of March, as I said a bit a bit ago. And, like, mm. and then sadly, I saw it being picked up by other, yeah, multiple other websites. Uh, so at this point, I have to conclude that there must be some truth into it, in it. So um, it appears that by an an, an unintentional leak uh, of a wholesale market, uh, yeah, pricing sheet that's been issued by Fuji, that their films may go up between I think twenty and sixty percent. Uh, tomorrow, as we record this, first of April. This is why I was hoping it was a, uh, you know, a, a uh, an April Fool, because it was listed to change on the first of April. Um, so um, it still maybe, I guess we don't know yet, do we? But it seems less and less likely now. It's been picked up by a bunch of mainstream websites and reported as uh, on mainstream websites. So yeah, a forty, sixty percent increase on some films. Wow. Yeah, I mean yeah, these. these Films have gone up a lot recently already, um, so you know that's a, that's a that's a tough one. That's a tough one to swallow. How, how much Fuji film will we all be able to buy if they go up uh, yet again? Yeah, I there um, the release that they put the press release that went out with it is obviously translated. I think it says a lot about Fuji's position on this. And the, the language, we, we have endeavoured to absorb costs by improving production efficiency and reducing cost in response to the continuous decrease in demand for the photographic film. That, it isn't, a, I mean, they're, they're going, well, you know, this is just one of those things, but demand keeps dropping and dropping and dropping. And yet the other film manufacturers are all going, no, it is, it's going up. <laughs> we know it, it's troughed. And it is going up. There is more and more. We all know that it is nowhere near what it was when it was the one and only choice, obviously. But the fact that Fuji are still saying it's continuing to go down, it's like, I don't believe you, Fuji. <laughs> I do not believe you. It's a you. really tricky one, isn't it? Because, you know, it, I mean, clearly, you know, film photography right now is more popular than it's been since the rise of digital. Yeah. Right? So that's great. We're on the upward curve. In you have to factor though for the 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 state of where they were before and what impact that has on their current thing. So you can say, okay, well there was there was one other organization that manufactured film at the scale that Fuji did, right? Um, that uh, yeah uh, yeah the, the clearly that being Kodak. But what we've got to remember is that Kodak 
de- yeah, well, they didn't declare bankruptcy, did they? They went into Chapter 11, which is bankruptcy protection, under, I, I believe, under American law. Um, and you've got to wonder what that did to their you know, their financing base, right? So did they carry a lot of debt you know, for the facilities they have? Did that get all wiped out by the, the, the legal things of going into bankruptcy protection? Did they come out of that with a restructured finance package? Fuji, on the other hand, um, although although you know Kodak did try to react to the rise of digital, but but made decisions that didn't work out for them. Fuji made decisions that did work out for them, but that means that of course they've never been through the equivalent you know bankruptcy protection cycles. So who knows what debt and financing and you know infrastructure they're carrying in the manufacturing space i, I certainly don't um i mean maybe there are people that do and and, and are better informed than i am and could comment on this but it's it, it you know you've got to wonder whether fuji is yeah okay maybe there maybe people fewer people are buying their films maybe because they're putting the price up so much mm-hmm. <laughs> um but maybe they are on a very different economic base from from what kodak has managed to achieve as a, a as, as a phoenix rising from the ashes i don't know um, but it is odd that they report that demand is dropping when you know everywhere else, as you say, you know, demand is increasing. Um, yeah, and it's... new and literally, we, we're literally discussing the 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 launch of new products, new new products, right today in mm. the same conversation. So that is a bit strange. I just i I get it. I it's clearly for them they don't feel like it's a market they want to be in anymore and i just wish i think what what bugs me so much about it is this kind of slow mealy-mouthed exit from the market saying you know we're committed to supporting like you're not we all know you're not you're just saying that you are because you're but it's like either do it or don't do it but this half-assed um neither one thing nor the other is just pissing everybody off because the people who love Fuji Fuji's films um, are just getting increasingly disappointed as they get discontinued or as the few that are available get increasingly expensive. Um, I used to love, um, I used to love shooting superior. Yeah. It's a great, and it was just great film, great, great film. And, and it came in a range of speeds uh, and, you know, across the different speeds more or less looked the same at least to my amateur requirements it more or less looked the same yeah um and and yeah i was one of my go-to films for several years actually it was one of the first films that got me back into shooting film right was 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 the look of superior i really enjoyed it yeah Um, uh yeah well I mean, these things, the world changes. I mean, you can, you can argue, right? You can make the argument that Fujifilm is absolutely committed to film. That film is called Instax. Yeah, yeah. Right? Well, that's fine. And that has, that has a large growing market and a huge fan base. And honestly, um, yeah, just th- I think about these things sometimes. And yeah, when, when, when I strip away all like the geekiness and the techiness from the future of photography podcast, Actually, what is the future of photography? Well, a large proportion, in, in especially in different places in the world, a large proportion of the future of photography is young people shooting Instax. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, so I don't know. I don't know the. I don't know the answer to this. I, 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 I can be disappointed that a price rise like this is quite. I mean, you know, it's only gonna. It's only gonna 
quicken the decline, isn't it? It is. I mean, and you look at so I'm just again on Cosmo Photo. They're reporting on the fact that um, uh, last year, I think it was. I don't think it was earlier this year. I think it was. Where? Oh no, it was this year. Beginning of this year. Sorry. Um, that you know, the Fuji Color, the C200, their cheap film. Uh, becoming available again. Um, like, okay, well, that's good. <laughs> For the, the point that it shows on there is that it's almost certainly repackaged Kodak Gold because it shows the, it shows the spectral sensitivity curves of the two films on a graph, and they are identical. Um, and I mean, that's a, that's the weirdest thing, isn't it? Is yeah, and like, I mean, as a general rule of thumb, does it like the whole idea of repackaging film to sell it and do, like that's fine i have no problem with that at all but it just it's just weird that that's what fuji fuji is doing this isn't some boutique company it's what what used to be one of the two biggest is doing i, was, I don't know just kind of shit will get let's, off the let's, just, let's let's choose to focus on the uh, on the good things right because... indeed you know, this yes, this was the announcement that we were less pleased about, but it, it followed three announcements that we were really pleased about. Yeah, so, you know, and and uh, you know, increases the size of the playground for all of us. Okay, Indeed, so, so, and, so and also good. it it makes the fact that Fuji is increasingly becoming a not an option, whether it's because of discontinued films or just being priced out. There are other options, um, so. That's great. As you said, it's much better to have more players in there because then your eggs aren't all in one basket. Uh, Absolutely. Exciting Absolutely. times. Exciting times indeed. Let's let's move on from the 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 the, uh, the, the slightly sad news there because uh, the next one up is of course is a good positive thing. Um uh, I am um, uh, do you know what? I I'm going to let you announce this one because it's it's something that you're actually going to participate in. Yeah, so just following up again, I mentioned this last week at the end of the show, but um, the Analog Spotlight, which took place, the Analog Spotlight thing at the photography show last year, which we all very much enjoyed going to and being part of, and we recorded loads of chats around there, um, and they are creating a standalone event, uh, a standalone Analog Spotlight event in Worcester on the 14th of May, um, and it's going to kind of, in some ways, be very similar in energy there's going to be uh lots of different vendors there with pods um hawking net hawking hawking <laughs> hacking hawking their wares um so who we've got there so for alfie cameras analog wonderland chroma cameras cameras by max the uh, camera repairs simon forced photographic ilford intrepid Lensfare, pixelator silverpan solarcan and zone imaging are people who have so far um put their names down so they will all be there and there's going to be talks there's going to be workshops and there's also going to be a photo walk as well which, which apparently i'm in charge of so good luck everyone oh. <laughs> well it'll start in worcester where it ends anyone's guess yeah, well so well i mean let, let, let's focus focus on the positives right so uh <laughs> yeah, the kiln is a great worcester. place i love i love the kiln last time i was there uh, was for the uh for the screening of uh the the tanky mook one shot movie um, which we, which we we all enjoyed, um, and we did go on a photo walk that day, didn't we? You were there, weren't yes, you? Yes, yeah, certainly did. And I got the route so there you go. absolutely just, just locked into what my we head. Did that day, yeah, which was 
three years ago? Yeah. <laughs> Safe and sound in my brain. Safest place to keep yeah. anything. You'll remember that. Piece of cake, mate. Piece of cake. What could possibly go wrong? Mm-hmm. Indeed. So, yeah. you know, it'd be, yeah, it's a shame. Actually, I can't make it, unfortunately. Uh, at least I don't think I can. There's an outside chance I might make it, but... Um, uh, but uh, I, I, sadly, I think you may be the only Sunny Sixteen representative. It's um, it's possible, yes. Rachel's got a wedding up in Cumbria the day before, um, and Claire's just super busy. Um, so you know, come and keep me company. It is a ticketed event. Should say that it is a ticketed event. Um, I think the tickets are ten pound plus whatever the booking fees are. So it's not super expensive. It is a full day's worth of stuff. So I think the doors open at 10 o'clock. And um, as I said, there's stuff going on. Then we photo walk in the afternoon and then drinks and stuff at the kiln or pubs and restaurants nearby. And there's plenty of nice places to go and eat uh, and drink in Worcester, unsurprisingly. So it should be a really fun day. I'm really looking forward to it. Really looking forward to that. Yeah, definitely. No, it sounds 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 good. Um, it should, should be a good one, and uh, and of course that will nicely you know set us up a, a set the tone for the the photography show later in the year, which is in September, isn't it? Uh, yes. Uh, where when when of course you know, the analog spotlight area in that show uh, will hopefully be bigger than it was last year, and it was pretty impressive last year, if I recall correctly. Yes, it was great. <laughs> it was great, yeah. it's gonna This year, it's going to be the biggest part of the show. I feel confident. Well, so, sort of confident in that. I don't want to ruin my sweet streak of getting my predictions bang on, so maybe not. Do you but, know yeah. what? It was It was certainly, uh, you know, it was certainly a big part of the show physically uh, last year. It was certainly a very cohesive community-oriented part of the show you know it, it, by far the, the the most community-oriented part of the show i think wasn't it you know the, mm-hmm. there were plenty of other vendors some of them you know big mainstream digital vendors who had you know huge stands and stuff like that but but there was definitely a strong community feel around the analog spotlight zone last year and that is something we should celebrate so uh, yeah, okay. Well, there's that one, right? And then I would say that I personally am organising some photo walks um, this year as well. I I really wanted to get out and and do more. Was it was it was it you that christened it this, this year 2020? Do was that? Yeah, was exactly. That? Yeah, and you came up with almost right right up there in in you know uh, branding with you know, 27 zine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> which I think was also one of yours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's amazing with this this incredible mind for promotion that I'm not in that side of business really isn't it? <laughs> I, it I, it's astonishing. Uh, <laughs> it, it, clearly uh, a, a missed calling. Um, so there's a few things that I'm trying to set up now. These these are these these are things that are not a hundred percent confirmed yet. But what I really wanted to do is get out and about and spend more time with people. You know, doing more photo walks, taking more photos as well this year. But I thought, you know, we've had a tough time. Um, uh, We don't need to go over the details, but we've all had a tough time the last couple of years. And certainly, you know, um, the social side of photography has suffered. So this year I wanted to do some more stuff. And so I'm carving out dates and I'm not entirely sure what are going to be the exact the exact date quite or, uh, or the exact locations. But let me tell you what I think I've got in the pipeline. And please, um, anybody listening to this, um, do let me know uh, or let us at Sunny16 know 
um you know what you might be interested in uh in terms of meetups and photo walks and things like that because that'll help us fine tune this but i wanted to make sure that we got a around uh part different parts of the country as well um so let's go with what i think we've got so far so uh there's a weekend of the 21st of may uh and this one uh this is the reason i can't go to the analog spotlight which is which is the week before there's a weekend of the 21st of may where it could be a meetup in amsterdam now this is a uh, a link to my other podcast the future of photography and we've been trying to figure out how we do a western europe meetup but without causing people to fly and burn lots of fossil fuels um and uh you know we you know those of you that listen to this show we, we yeah, that show um uh, and people have heard me here is as well um actually uh, i drive an electric car these days very pleased to be able to do that uh, and chris marquardt my co-host on tfop he drives an electric car as well so we've been thinking we drive in our electric cars to amsterdam which happens to be the venue that weekend for a thing called the fully charged live show which is a big electric car and sustainable energy show so we could do that and couple that with a uh, couple that with a photo walk of some kind now this is this is a sort of on a scale of of is it going to happen or not i'd currently give it a 70 to 80 percent there's some details we need to iron out but i'd be really keen the reason i'm I'm teasing it is because we're really keen to know whether people would be interested to come along to something like that because that'll help us firm up some of the plans so that's that one um, one that is definitely in the diary and definitely has a reasonably confirmed location is that on the 2nd of July, uh, I'm going to be doing a photo walk with our good friend Anil Mystery. And that will be somewhere on the south coast uh, near to where Anil lives. So that would be possibly somewhere between Bryan at the eastern end and maybe you know, Worthing or even Chichester on the western end. Not quite sure yet, but that'll be like a, a, a seaside town and beachfront kind of kind of vibe to it. So that'll be that that'll be a good one. Uh, September, of course, we have the photography show. Um, I've missed out August. I'd like to do something in August as well, but don't have a plan for that yet. Um, autumn time, uh, I'd love to do something in Bristol. Bristol's a great place for street photography, really interesting city. And uh, I, I have have uh, tickled Duncan of Silver Pan Labs to see if he'd be up for doing something there. So nothing confirmed yet, uh, but uh, it, you know, it just again, really would be keen to hear people's thoughts on whether a, a meetup in Bristol in the autumn would be a good thing. December, somewhere else. I'd really like to to get up to Liverpool as well. I'd really love, to, I haven't been to Liverpool for longer than I would like to admit. Um, and, you know, of course, we have so many friends up in Liverpool, not least of whom our co-host, Rachel. Um, it'd be great to do something up there as well and, and other places too. Right. And I know that you know, for some of us, Liverpool is in the far north and for the rest of us, Liverpool is in the far south. <laughs> um, I am not excluding anybody else or anywhere else. Uh, all I'm saying is that those are the thoughts that are currently in place and more to come. But if anybody would like to co-host a sunny 16 photo walk with us that would be fantastic uh let us know when you might want to do that and where you might where, where you are where would be good um and you know let's let's build a social calendar that's what i'd like to do a social calendar uh based around photo walks that's what i would love to do many more of this year that's so that's the idea. thinking behind it that's a good thing. And also i mean obviously you and i everybody is time limited um but I'm going to put the shout out. If you 
are organizing or would like to organize a photo walk um, and want to get the word out, then let us know. You know, send me an email, yes. send us an email at certainly16podcast at gmail.com and we will share it with the world. You've got the fantastic website, photowalk.me, which is a great place to get people to sign up for it and let them know about it. But that doesn't necessarily let people know. So if we can help you get the word out there, um, then, yeah, drop us an email here and we will share this news, share this information with people. So, Yeah, absolutely. Um, yes, so these things I mentioned um, are not on photowalk.me yet. They will absolutely be going up on there um uh, as soon as i have you know the, the requisite level of confidence <laughs> 73 so, um, yeah a little bit a little bit more so i, I did there, there are a few things all all of those things with the possible exception of the second of july one which which i think anna and i are both happy with that date but i can't put it up on the website yet because we don't know the location <laughs> i know we probably know where and when the photography show is going to be right we probably could yeah probably could yeah. find that out yeah Probably, yeah, yeah, uh, it uh, that that's that's a knowable thing at this point. Um, uh, I'm sure we won't be the only ones trying to organise a photo walk around uh, around that weekend, though. So that's something that we need to to work out. So um, I th these will go up on photowalk.me uh, as soon as I have the right level of confidence in the details. Um, and uh, so, so do watch out for them there. Um, as you say, a great website uh, run by a friend of ours, Martin, um, and. Uh, you know, it's it's a it's a I, I love I, I love that it's there and I love to use it and I love that it gives us ways of organizing and managing who's you know, coming around uh, along to these events and things like that. So, um, you know, the, uh, so many good friends in this community of ours. Right. Anyway, that's about it, I think, is it mm -hmm. for this week? I think so. Yeah. Mm. Nice to catch up with you, mate. Indeed. Indeed. Nice to have a real news bomb of a week. That's true. Yes, yes. It's um, yeah. It's you know, it's, as as podcasters, little little insight here. As podcasters, it's so e so much easier when there's news to report, <laughs> yeah. And you don't end up like with the last minute going, oh my, my guest is cancelled. Please, please, can you come on the show or things like that? Not that we actually get that very often, really, do we? Have no. people? No, people, sometimes life uh, happens to people, you know. It's yes. or, the, or they listen to the point. We agree to they agree to come on, and then they listen to it before they come on, and then they're suddenly very busy. So That's that is absolutely not true. <laughs> I cannot think of one time in nearly six years where that has actually been a thing. No, probably not. God, nearly six years. But you're right. Life does ha life does happen sometimes, doesn't it? Yeah. So um, anyway, well, there we go. Um, cool that is the sunny 16 podcast folks um as always uh it's been a joy and a privilege uh to chat to you and with you um we will play you out now uh, with rachel's band rocker you can get their album promises i should have kept at all good internet places uh so that's how you know actually pretty much whether it's a good mm -hmm. internet place or not certainly when it comes to music um so we'll play you out with that now um and we will see you next week Thank you and goodbye. Bye! Bye.